broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. From the Summer Skate Studios, behind the mask hockey shops, present College Hockey Southwest Live for November 14th, 2021. Tonight's scheduled guest, new Alaska Anchorage head coach, Matt Shazby. Behind the Masks College Hockey Southwest Live is brought to you by the NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to BehindTheMask.com whether you're on ice or in line. UNLV Hockey. ACHA Division I Hockey under the bright lights of Las Vegas. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Dine in, take out, or catering your next event. We are at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, and now at all Allegiant Stadium events as well. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Anywhere you want to go, you can bet there's a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. By Boost Mobile. With Boost Mobile, you always get plans and phones that fit your needs. And by Burrito Express, the East Valley's home of the always available breakfast burrito, Go to burritoexpress.com for the location near you. College Hockey Southwest Live from the Summer Skate Studios, presented by Behind the Mask, is a part of the Icetime Hockey SW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans. Anyone you may be listening to us tonight, live on the Podbean app. This is indeed College Hockey Southwest Live. This is our reaction show to everything that happens in NCAA hockey. Uh, Scott Strandy joining you tonight from less than 8,000 feet. I'm down to about uh, 5280. How about that? Denver, Colorado from the beautiful Drury Inn and Suites just south of uh, Denver City. My co-host as always, Paul Hornstein, joining me from beautiful Long Island, New York. Paul, how are you tonight? Uh, we're doing good. I'm trying to find your music. So that, uh, you know, when you could make a better entrance next time, since I have a goal horn. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Let's just keep playing that. I like that. Well, listen, <laughs> well you know, I just wanted to make sure everybody understood the pecking order. Oh, royalty it is. <laughs> you know, um, uh, as you get catered to uh, around the entire Rocky <laughs> Mountain region. Ah, uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. We are making progress, my friend. We are making progress. Um, I will tell you as well. Um, hey, first of all, did anything happen in college hockey this weekend? Was there anything new and exciting or different or just same old, same old? Did the season start? <laughs> so, so when does zero zero become a big deal? When the uh, Colorado College Tigers go to Minnesota Duluth. And play wrong, to a zero zero tie. How about wrong, that? Wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> I was waiting wrong, for that. Wrong, <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong. tie. That's there you go. It's I not re- <laughs> You're See, sharp tonight, listen, man. You must. Listen, you have a day off listen, or what? Michael, Michael, are you listening? Michael, Josh, are you guys listening? I don't know if this is an NCAA thing or not, but uh, somebody lost the game. On on your on your standings, it says. <laughs> There's, it goes in the loss column. It's not. It is not a uh, situation where it goes in the books as a tie. 
right? <laughs> somebody won the game and somebody <laughs> lost the game. We know this because one team got an extra point. Why? <laughs> because they won the tiebreaker. They what won was the, the tiebreaker competition. Oh, yeah. Okay. There we go. Okay. See, right here it says OL, <laughs> overtime loss. I'm looking at those conference standings right now. Oh, we're going to double check something. And, and by the way, this is, we're going to double check something here because, you know, we want to make sure that it's double sourced. Okay. We don't want to, uh, you know, just be like, oh, okay, we're just going to do this. Uh, let's see. Statistics, statistics. Uh, we might need that. What do we got here? Uh, somewhere along the line, there. this is. The conference website, there has to be. A, oh, uh, boy. Did I open up a camera? Oh, here we go. Sorry, standing. Michael. Sorry, Josh. Oh, I didn't mean here to do we it. go. It says W L T O T W O T L. That means somebody wins, somebody loses. <laughs> so it was not a tie. Did they get an equal amount of points? That's what I want to know. Did they get here's, an equal amount of points? Here, here's the beauty of it. Uh, that's Minnesota Duluth and um, Mr. Fanti, uh, third straight shutout. Um, that's well, pretty okay. impressive. That's, that's pretty fine. impressive. That's awesome. Like that's great. It. Did they win the game? <laughs> they did in the skills competition. Okay, yes, they well, the, and, and they have a separate thing for it in the standings. <laughs> so when I look and I see – uh, Michael, if you're listening, feel free to chime in whenever you want. Um, well, I'm okay. sure he's going to get cranky at me at some point because I understand I mean, your you point. Know, like I said, this could be an NCAA thing. Uh, I, I get your I, point. I want to make that clear. Yeah, I get your point. I get your point. Anyway, okay. I didn't mean to steer everybody off in a tangent. Um, I mean, that, no, 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 no. That's what you said. Review, right? We're reviewing things. Yeah, I know, but I didn't want to steer us off on an hour-long tangent. I just, well, I don't have an hour. I only I, have. About 10 minutes, and then we do a break, and then we talk to the coach. Yeah, we're bringing on tonight a very special guest, the the, the new head coach at Alaska Anchorage, the Sea Wolves. Matt Chasby is going to be joining us in about, oh, I don't know, 13 minutes, 12 minutes, something like that. We'll have a chance to. 36. Okay, nine minutes. How about that? Yeah, okay. uh, we'll have a chance. See what you did to me? You already got me messed up. Uh, <laughs> uh, that You don't need me for that. Uh, so, anyway. <laughs> we'll we'll get to to coach in just a little bit. In the meantime, let's recap what happened. Uh, I was at the spotlight series, our spotlight series for the weekend, which was uh, Western Michigan at Denver, which was uh, let me say this politely, all Denver. Um, five three Friday night, five two Saturday night. Um, yeah, the the speed. The uh, this is the first time, Paul, and I've been to a lot of games in Denver. Uh, but this is the first time that 5280 stood out to me. Um, it, it, Western Michigan was gassed. By the middle of the second period Saturday night, they were gassed. And uh, uh, everybody knew it, including the Denver Pioneers, and they just kept the pressure on, kept the pressure on, kept the pressure on, kept bringing four lines, kept rolling the speed, and it just uh, it, it just wore uh, Western straight out of the uh, arena. I mean, they were just like, uh, they were gasping for it at the very end. So, um, yeah, 5280 is real, and so is about 3,000 or 10,000 feet more. I'm or 5,000 feet more when you're up at about 10,000 feet. You get yeah. nosebleeds, I heard. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> rumor has it. That's a rumor. <laughs> anyway, so, so yeah, it was uh, a very good weekend for Denver. They responded uh, coming off of four straight road losses. 
Um, I asked Coach Carl last night, I said, what do you have to do to, to bring this? Or I'm sorry, I asked Bobby Brink that. I said, um, what do you have to do to bring what, this momentum um, on the road with you? Because you're, you're a different team here at home at Magnus Arena. So we'll find out. Uh, next weekend they have Miami here, so uh, it'll be another home series. But, man, what an impressive performance by the Pioneers. And I see in your poll you moved them up a tad. Um, well, we'll get to that in a minute, the Super 16. Uh, Also, Colorado College, 5-0, UMD Friday night. Um, Nothing, nothing. How about that? Well, it was a different game on Saturday. Nothing, nothing Saturday. And, uh, you know, Colorado College had enough chances on the power play where, you know, they could obviously, when when it's a scoreless tie – you know, you have uh, uh, not put one in, but, you know, they UMD gave them enough power play chances to, to, to put one in. And, I mean, even to the point where uh, they had a, a two-man advantage for a while and they couldn't yeah, score. Well, well, we understand that scoring is going to be a problem for, for Colorado College probably most of the year, but... Man, another fantastic coaching job by Chris Mayer to come back from a five nothing. Um, let's just say it honestly, a drubbing on Friday yeah, no, night. No, that was not so, Friday night. Was not good. Was no, not. And, and to come back and respond like he did Saturday night and play uh, one of the arguably well, pairwise says they're the best team in the country, uh, Minnesota Duluth, and play them to a, um, a scoreless tie into overtime through overtime and into the shootout and the shootout itself was just uh one nothing so it wasn't right. like it was a big a big shootout domination either but well um, listen you can't what do you say about Matt vernon good lord that's his first start yeah and he good was for him I was, unbelievable. I was just about to get to that uh after i talked about the fact that you know cc can't keep going to the penalty box like they did on friday night and and matt vernon comes off the bench and kind of settled things down and and did a good job for them, obviously on 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 Friday night, and he got the start on Saturday, and 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 had a really good game. And um, you know, Dominic Bassey had been playing most of the time, uh, and you know, I, you know, and for the most part has done a good job, but he clearly was off this weekend, and and Matt Vernon came in and really did the job. Uh, you know, gave up one goal in, 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 in five and basically four and a half, you know, a game and a half. So uh, against, uh, you know, Minnesota Duluth and Duluth had uh, three power plays on, on Saturday night, which I'm sure, uh, you know, once again, you, you, you can't take eight penalties uh, on the road in two games and expect not to get burnt by it a little bit. And they did on on Friday night when Duluth got three power play goals and five chances. So, and then just down the road from me, down I twenty five to the Air Force Academy, uh, Air Force nearly came back on Saturday night to to get a sweep. They got a split, a two one uh, Friday night victory and a five uh, four loss to Bentley on Saturday night. But man, they were uh, they were pouring it on. If they'd had a little more time, there's a chance they might have tied that up and maybe won it in overtime. But um, uh, you know, I mean, that's what you expect from an inexperienced team. Uh, they're a little up and down, but Frank Serratore will will get them back on track. No doubt about that. And, of course, the Arizona State Sun Devils uh, 
went into um, a tiger's den. Can we say that? A cat house? <laughs> well, I don't think you could say that. <laughs> they went somewhere where the Quinnipiac Bobcats were rocking and rolling. Yeah, and, well, uh, ASU had their chances. I mean, they did. They were they up three nothing on 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 Friday night, and were probably played their best period of the season in that first period of the game. And you know, Quinnipiac made it three two at the end of the second period. They kind of had uh, ASU on the ropes a little bit, and 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 ASU kind of righted the ship towards the end of the second period. And in the third period, they just didn't get it done. Um, yeah, and that's a tough thing to do on the road. We both know that, but, yeah, but, but when you, you got, got a three nothing lead, you figure you got to get it done, right? Yeah, especially I mean, when especially, you're an independent and you're looking for for wins, quality wins, to get yourself moved up in the pairwise rankings. And you just, you know, and and I can't even tell you where, you know, you didn't need to sweep Quinnipiac this weekend to get yourself in a in a good position. You, you had to take one game and. You really did have a chance to win that Friday night game. Like I said, you were up three nothing, and it was three two after two periods. It's, you know, you, but you know they just, you know, you made some mistakes, and Quinnipiac is too good to make mistakes at, and uh, and, and Quinnipiac capitalized on those mistakes, and that's what teams that are perennially in the top ten do. Absolutely. All right, let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's bring on the head coach from the University of uh, Alaska, Anchorage, Matt Chasby, in about two minutes. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you, wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. All right. Welcome back in, hockey fans, uh, NCAA hockey fans, as it may be. This indeed is College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by our friends at Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com. Scott Strandy joining you tonight from beautiful Denver, Colorado. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein, out on beautiful Long Island, New York, where I understand there was a little storm damage, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> we'll oh, get yeah. into that later. A tornado Paul, hit down about a mile from my house. Yeah, and Paul didn't even know what happened until the next day. No. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's our pleasure to welcome in the new head coach at the University of Alaska, Anchorage, Matt Chasby is with us. So, Coach, Scott and Paul with you. How are you tonight? I'm doing excellent. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. 
Oh, yeah, thanks we, for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate you coming in loud and clear. So obviously you've got everything connected uh, correctly. So that's the first big step with us coaches that, that <laughs> it's a connection process sometimes in our, uh, in our podcast, but we're glad to have you. And let's jump right into this thing. Um, what was it like when you found out that you were going to be back at uh, UAA as the head coach of the Seawolves? You know, the, the whole process from when the original uh, announcement came that uh, from the university at the Board of Regents were going to basically cancel the program as well as downhill our, uh, our ski team and our women's gymnastics program and um, it kind of set a goal out for all of us to uh, – financial goal for us to accomplish and it was a goal that I think uh, not too many people – really knew the passion in our community and across, I guess, college hockey and the support for college hockey. And uh, once the first bits of funds started rolling in, um, you could really sense that there was momentum building and the people that have loved uh, Seawolf hockey for 40 years uh, began to stand on the table and, and they let their, their wallets do the talking. And we also had some incredible support um, from some big donors that uh, understand the importance of Seawolf hockey to the Anchorage community, to the Anchorage hockey community. Uh, and then as the process went along and they uh, needed a head coach, and I had basically been a Seawolf since I was seven years old uh, until I got to don the jersey and play college hockey there and um, been extre extremely close to the program the entire time. Uh, threw my name in the hat to – uh, potentially be the coach. And as I worked my way through the process and it became more and more of a reality, um, it, it's been obviously a dream come true to be able to call myself the head coach of the Seawolves uh, hockey program. Uh, still not a reality. Even hearing you say it here on this podcast <laughs> is one of the more surreal moments in the last three weeks of being on the job for sure. Uh, but it's uh, it's an exciting time. It's an incredibly uh, huge uh, opportunity, not just for myself uh, to relaunch and rebuild this program, but to the hockey community in Anchorage and into the university to kind of reestablish ourselves in the college hockey world. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a really good assessment of what, what's happened. Um, it's strange in college hockey, the way things have gone uh, since the pandemic coach, because we had Derek Schooley on at Robert Morris, and I'm sure you're very familiar with what they've gone through. And first thing mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you is he said one thing that was really nice about being able to be rehired by the school, at least to this point, uh, was the fact that he got some more swag back because he was running out of shirts. <laughs> <laughs> How's that in Seawolf land? <laughs> you know, we, I, I think that we have probably the best logo in, in college athletics and especially college hockey. Uh, so when I knew that I had the opportunity to now represent that logo as much as humanly possible, it was uh, priority number one was to <laughs> dive into the old equipment manager's room and find as much swag as possible. And I don't think I've put on anything that wasn't green and gold for the past three weeks. So it's uh, my wardrobe has changed dramatically <laughs> for sure. Love it. Well, coach now, We've, we've had some people on. Uh, we had your predecessor on as, as he started this process. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, he is from a different neck of the woods. He, you know, he was from a lot closer to where I am than, uh, than, than, uh, than Anchorage. You're sure. basically an Anchorage native. Sure. Um, how does, um, how does that 
connection and how when when you heard that first of all that, that the program was being dropped and then it was going to be brought back and then you got to be uh, named the coach mm-hmm. you had to run the gamut of emotions right 100 percent. yeah i mean it's like i said i've been I've been going to Seawolf hockey camp since I was six, seven years old. Back in the the kind of the original days in the in the mid '80s, from this for this this team, uh, and watching the kind of the roller coaster that they've been on through uh, when Matt Thomas had the job there about two years into his tenure in the university, now some potential realignment, and that really pulled the feet out from under what he was trying to build. Um, and then again with with Coach Curley, who I thought was doing an incredible job. Uh, and you could really see the progress his staff made over the two years that he was there. Um, you know, it, it, it was definitely tough to watch that. Um, however, uh, I think I think maybe when you when you go through what we've been through in the last, I would say, two years, I think it's made us realize and, and understand what we almost lost, and appreciate. Uh, how unique it is to have a Division One college hockey program in your town, uh, and for me, I, I fully understand it. I, I, every, I owe everything in my life uh, to the Seawolf hockey hockey program. It's what drove me every day when I woke up as a kid was to put on a Seawolf jersey, and uh, when I had a chance while I was playing in the USHL to commit to a school, and when UAA came and came knocking, uh, I mean, I, I had. You know, a variety of other offers, whether that was CC or other places, there, there was only one option for me, uh, and that was to be a Seawolf. And you know, and now, like I said, being able to call myself the head coach is, is a bit surreal. But I, I think, with my connection to the community and how close I am with the youth hockey community across the state, um, and just the community in general, uh, I've been able to really witness the support. Uh, from the grassroots efforts and, and the people coming up to me since I've gotten the job and congratulating me and how excited they are for the program to get started back up again. It's, it's inspirational to see young families that maybe didn't know the Seawolves back in the eighties and nineties. And when we used to have sold out rinks. Right. Uh, but I think that they understand uh, that they want to participate in that again and kind of recreate our own new uh, culture and our new world of Seawolf hockey here in Anchorage. Okay, for folks that don't know, just to give you some background, uh, to give people some background, Coach, um, you said you grew up there. Uh, right. You played uh, college hockey as a Seawolf, and you went and played professional hockey uh, in the minors, uh, mostly with the Alaska Aces of yep. the ECHL. So, I mean, you played your professional uh, hockey there, and now you're, you know, you're r- running the – or one of the people running the Anchorage Hockey Association, which deals mm. with youth hockey. So somebody can't really be more intertwined uh, right. with the school and the town than you are. No, that's it's not possible. That's, it isn't possible. I mean, it's <laughs> like I said, it's I, I kind of had a little bit of a, a cheat code in terms of my connection to this community and to uh, the Seawolf program. And then, like you said, playing four full years with the Aces – um, it's there, there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's anybody that's played more games in the Sullivan arena than I have from <laughs> age, age eight, to uh, 30, but, uh, and then I even mixed one in when I was done playing two and a half years later, the, the call up game, uh, there you go, which is a whole different story. 
<laughs> convincing a teacher that hasn't played hot put his gear on for two and a half years to play a professional hockey game is a bad idea so, really yeah it was uh I, I was literally walking out of the classroom and my, one of my good buddies uh jerry Mackey, is an owner of the team and i think my, my son was about eight at the time and he didn't really remember me playing because he was two three four or five years old and right uh, we had a vet spot that opened up because you only get four vet spots in the ECHL on your roster. And he said, Shaz, you want to play tonight? And I was just like, I don't think so, Jerry. I mean, I haven't, my gear, my gear was literally in the back of my shed. I had not touched my gear since the last time last. So we lost in game seven of the Kelly cup finals at home oh. against South, against South Carolina. And that was the last time I had touched my gear. I hadn't touched it in two and a half years. And, walking out of the school and I got that phone call and I looked down at my son. I was like, you want to watch daddy play hockey tonight? And he looks at me and he's like, yeah. <laughs> so Done it was deal. Done deal. Oh, yeah. Wow. So I go, I, you know, I had some transferred over to coaching skates. I had some Scotty Bowman black took, uh, coaching skates. Um, wait, wait, so, wait, wait, do they, they have those? Well, I, I went and found so I made sure I, once I decided to become a full-time coach non-player I mean it was automatic I had to go get those skates so oh, see I didn't know that listen I yeah that that's above my pay grade I didn't know that they had coaches skates I just figured they were all this I mean obviously well, I, I just called they were all black with black towers on them so I just okay. I just call them coaching skates they're a little I bit love them they're a little bit bigger than I usually wear them so my feet were kind of floating around them a little bit too much and then uh so first shift, I got a face-off right in front of the other team's bench, and the whole team's just beaking me, like nice skates, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the head coach was Matt Thomas at the time because he was coaching Fresno, who later went on to become the Seawolf coach. I heard him look down at his bench and says, "You guys need to shut up. He's going to make you guys pay." And literally, <laughs> literally twenty seconds later, uh, I snuck in back door, and this guy found me back door, and I scored. Yes. <laughs> first first shift of the game. Justice. Justice. And I go by I go by the bench and give Matt Thomas a little a little wink because I just knew him from before when I played and I went to the D coach and I go, I don't think I can play another shift. <laughs> Why would you want to? No, I didn't. <laughs> go so out I was on like, top, coach. Go out on top, right? But by the end of the first period, i both my legs were fully cramped. Uh and I and then I the game was over and I kind of just managed to get through. It. And Rob Murray comes up to me, he goes, "You're playing tomorrow, right?" And I looked down, I go, "Not a chance, not, not a chance." <laughs> okay, I, I got two. I got well, two. Now wait a second, now coach, now not for nothing, but my gear went right back in the shed. I mean, I, we'll we'll talk about the program, but this is this is the kind of stuff that I like. I mean. Uh, you know, you were probably what twenty four when you graduated from 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 school from Anchorage. Yeah, I was twenty twenty three. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, all right. So you're not that much older when you when you laced them up for one. No, right? No, no. I mean, I was yeah, just. But I, I mean, I went from you know that last season was uh, close to a hundred game season, and then I right. didn't do anything for two and a half years. So I had. <laughs> I had double elbow reconstructive surgery oh. on both my elbows. So I wasn't able to do anything for two years because I was my arms were in. Uh, they had to reattach all my tendons and ligaments in both elbows wow. so by the time I was done. And I and I hadn't done anything for literally didn't do anything for two and a half years. So I went from, you know, worst shape I've ever been in my life, <laughs> could possibly be 
to going and grabbing it. I mean, the only time I touched uh, a stick in skates was coaching. So, <laughs> and, and that just involved a lot of whistle blowing and yelling at nine year olds. So. <laughs> okay, let, let me get my two comments in because you brought up the name Jerry Mackey, and of course, uh, is there anybody better uh, representation of Alaska than Jerry Mackey? His son played at ASU. I had a chance to meet him. Uh, a mm-hmm. few years ago, um, does he get you out on the boat to get some uh, some fish? So that is my biggest treat every summer. Is when I get the phone call from Jerry. I'm he, he's. We usually hit it up early summer before he really gets gets up and going. And as soon as I see that phone ring, I'm like, "Please be the boat! Please be the boat! Please be the boat!" <laughs> I love it because I need I need halibut and I need uh, some spotted shrimp to bring home to my wife. So. Uh, that, he, he that is the well biggest me. treat. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a heck of a trip for sure. I, I've seen the pictures. Okay, yep. so so now that that's out of the way, let me tell you, I grew up in northern Minnesota back in the seventies uh, and graduated high school in nineteen eighty, and I can remember um, in the old WCHA days how great it was when Minnesota Duluth or Minnesota or North Dakota, all surrounded by me. Uh, would travel to Alaska because it was the late night, right? The game mm-hmm. started at 10 o'clock our time. Oh, we loved oh, yeah. it because you could stay up late and, and watch hockey at 10 o'clock at night. It was fantastic. Or in some cases, you had to listen to it. But but either way, it was awesome. So uh, tell us about the history. We've heard it before, but I think our listeners need another revisit from your words, uh, mm-hmm. the history of Seawolf hockey. So, I, I mean, we really started out as kind of a club team uh, back in the – I'd say mid early, early eighties. So it's 1979 brush Christensen started as the head coach. Uh, and then he slowly just started adding recruits from Northern Minnesota and from, you know, Alberta and a couple places. And then I would say by the mid eighties after adding enough pieces, uh, and then you started getting into the Mike Pelusos of the world and the kind of the 85, 86, 87 to where now you're finding talent that is as good a talent as anywhere in the country. Uh, and then they're starting to play a Division One schedule as an independent. Uh, it, it happened, I think, quicker than most people know. I was actually at the rink today, and they got the pictures of every single team up, up on the wall, you know, with their names underneath. And I kind of just followed the, the the path of of the guys that really are the the true Seawolf, uh, kind of the bigger legend type guys, the bigger, larger than life guys. You know, the Palusos and Rob Kahn and a couple guys that went on to play in the NHL and. Uh, you didn't, I didn't really realize how quick that happened from 1979 to mid-80s, adding those pieces, and then eventually working themselves into the NCAA tournament in the early 90s as an independent team and, and actually winning a game at the NCAA tournament as, as, an, as a team all the way up in Anchorage, Alaska, playing an independent schedule. And then they were able to join the WCHA there in the mid-90s, and they had a good run up until two years ago in the WCHA. Um, you know, those those are – those early WCHA days of getting Minnesota's and North Dakota and, you know, Denver and CC and Duluth. And I, I think that, that original WCHA days was the best and kind of, you had those in-state Minnesota rivals with the St. Cloud and, and, and those types of games, Minnesota, St. Cloud, Duluth. Uh, and we got to luckily be a part of that. And, um, you know, as things went along and unfortunately, uh, I think due to a lot of different things, financials and things like that, with it just became uh, financially not not really not able not able to do it. But it's it, it's tough. 
And so, you know, Fairbanks and us kind of got set to the side a little bit. And, um, and now we're at where we're at and trying to re- rebuild as, as an independent. By the way, I just, just, just so you know, I, I have uh, made my statement known that, uh, uh, and I know you guys can't say it, but I, I've said it. Mm-hmm. I, I think they, they screwed you, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. I don't have to he's, say he's anything made, and I don't expect coach, you to. Coach, he's made that known many, many times. As a matter yeah. of fact. So I just, sure. like I said, you don't have to say anything, but I will. Sure. Okay, so so that leads me into uh, what I saw on on Twitter uh, earlier this week. Um, the uh, the schedule is starting to come together for you. You're getting some teams that that want to play you, that want to come up and play you. And uh, so, so tell us a little yeah. bit of that if you can. Well, yeah, I mean the the faith that these teams are having, and the fact that I'm able to build a uh, an expansion college hockey team is pretty incredible. Yeah, and so. Um, I have a lot of a lot of respect and a lot of thanks that go towards Coach Mayotte's way with CC. And after I got the job, he reached out pretty quickly and offered up uh, the ability to, for us to start our season down there in Colorado College in October. Uh, and, and then, as well as Coach Power at Arizona State, has been an incredible resource for me uh, to reach out to whenever I can. Um, with any of the kind of the bumps in the road here that I have and have been learning. Uh, not having anybody previously uh, from the previous staff has been tough, but guys like Coach Powers have been an incredible resource, like I said, and he's he's willing to play us, uh, you know, and support the independent schedule. And also at the same time, when teams come and play us, they get those two games exempt, so they're able to go home and, and host two games in their building. Uh, and when you got a building that's opening up like Arizona State, you want to take advantage of that I, and, and I think that uh, hopefully that relationship continues with them. Uh, and then also we're able to schedule a series for New Year's out in uh, UMass Lowell with Coach Basing. He's another coach that's been incredible and reached out and says he wants to support college hockey any way he can. Uh, and then with Long Island being a team that's kind of in our same boat up and starting program that is looking for games and is an independent. And then uh, Coach Largy up in Fairbanks, you know, we're refiring up that Governor's Cup. We're going to be playing each other six times uh, in the coming that, season. Right? You got so it. We'll do, oh yeah, it's. I mean, that's that's the biggest, the biggest. I mean, biggest draw of the year is going is those Fairbanks games and and having that in-state rival. And there's not, you know, you know, CC and Denver and, and Air Force kind of have their thing going on, and uh, a couple other schools have that that rival. But there's really no true mono a mono one-on-one in-state rival like like the two Fairbanks schools and, and we have to really kind of hype that up to our fan base uh, and then you got schools like UConn that are willing to support us and help us when we're out playing Long Island and let us jump in on a Wednesday game uh, and then on top of that we're going to mix in some games against teams that might be on the cusp of making that jump to division one hockey like uh, <laughs> like like Simon Frazier uh and as well as uh, UNLV, I actually I was talking to Simon Fraser coach uh, a couple of days ago, and I was arguing with him about the fact that they're not NCAA. <laughs> I'm like, no, you're not. You're college. You're in Canada. You're one of the Canadian <laughs> club schools. And he goes, we our rest of our sports are in the same conference as yours. We're in the GNAC, and I'm just See, like, now- blew my mind. It absolutely blew my mind. Uh, and he's like, we're. I'm thinking 23-24 uh, is going to be our year. Okay, so, now, 
Now, Coach, you understand you're breaking news here by saying no, that. No, 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 no. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm just uh, – these are just conversation, casual conversations. No. Well, let's, no, no, no. Well, first of all, because I follow these things because I'm – Yeah. I, I kind of geek out on this a little bit. They, they have – there's always rumors about them. Sure. So – and and that's and that's where the conversation was is can you help us convince our de- athletic department to to make that jump and that okay. you know we we would basically have a conference right we're going to have the two Alaska schools now you throw in Simon Fraser you throw in uh, I, I listened to you guys' last podcast with Arizona and hopefully there's something big coming there December second uh, and now you know maybe we're playing UNLV and now UNLV's athletic department's like you know what let's give it a shot. Because hockey in Las Vegas is absolutely insane right now with 1,800 learn-to-skate kids. The it's f- crazy. The f- it's like crazy, it's just, coach. Like, it's just nuts. So, I mean, how how couldn't, you know, UNL, UNLV be a, be a, a g- great place for college hockey? And, like, oh, think yeah. about trying to convince a kid to come play there. I mean, it's beautiful weather. Uh, you know, that's obviously they would – the rink out in Summerlin, it, it would – I don't know if they could probably hold on to that. And I mean, they are already selling that place out. Yeah. they you know. And you know, there's a new one, the AHL rank for the uh, right. silver Knights that opens in April that that'll have 6,000 seats. So and, that'd right be now, yeah. and right now the AHL team is playing at the Orleans, which seats about 6,500. Oh, I love the old Orleans. Oh, yeah. it's wonderful. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there, there are options, no doubt for them. Um, so, and of course, and Lindenwood, Lindenwood. I was going to say the, maybe a trip to St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, that's that's six six to eight teams west of the Mississippi is what you need to create that that conference out west. So, you know, and, and that's kind of been that's part of my my goal is to play as many of those teams that are close or even kind of thought of it. Uh, and, and at the same time, as you know, those are games that hopefully my guys are uh, competitive in and we're winning. So. Uh, and it's just about development early for me. Uh, any game that we're playing in and growing as a team is about taking that next step of being a, a competitive uh, Division One hockey team. So, and coach, don't forget Augustana is coming on board in a couple of years too with a brand new building in South Dakota. So, yeah, hundred percent. So, yeah, I mean, if, be ready for we, them too. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's every every inkling that I get of new programs or the potential of a program means some is a positive thing for the Alaska schools. Um, and then in year two, I mean, year two, my first four series, I open with Lowell at home. I go down, play Arizona State. I have Air Force at home. And then we go to Penn State. That's the oh, first four. Oh, that's, that's the first four series in, in year that's, two. So. That's stellar, coach. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah uh, that's, uh, that's a daunting task. And, and now my assistant coaches need to go build me a hockey team. <laughs> well, do you have those right now? Uh, working on it. I think I'm going to be able to announce one here within the next two weeks. Uh, and then I'm, and then I'm going to be bringing my second guy on mid January. Okay. Now, Uh, so when I look at, uh, your in-state rival and Mm -hmm. their roster, they, uh, have concentrated heavily on European players. Sure. Um, is that something that you might have to do to start with to help Uh, the roster? I think it is. I mean, that convincing a kid from Scandinavia to come to Alaska is way easier uh, <laughs> than a kid from New Jersey or Connecticut or, you know, even even parts of even Michigan, like the Midwest. Like you show a kid a picture of Anchorage and it looks exactly like Stockholm. 
right? It's okay. the same yeah. latitude. Yeah. It's the same latitude. Like when I went when I went over to Oslo uh, with the team when I was eighteen, if you would have blindfolded me and took it off when I got there, I'd be like, "Oh, I'm back in Anchorage. This is cool." You know, it's just it's it's very it's familiar to them. Uh, the the seasons are similar. The light they're on they they're used to the darkness. Um, obviously, the cold in Fairbanks is next level, and n- nobody can ever be used to that. Uh, but uh, no Anchorage no. is no, it's it's. Tor- I was I was just up there this weekend on my first recruiting trip. Uh, it's painful. Um, oh yeah, come down where it's warm. <laughs> but I mean, Anchorage has Anchorage is I I can. Without a doubt, say Anchorage is the most beautiful city in college hockey. Like it's not even close. Like the the weather's better than North Dakota, anywhere in northern Minnesota. You know, throughout the season, uh, better I mean, than the UP too, right? Oh wait, yeah, way better. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's on top of that. You know, the summers, like you said, it's the Discovery Channel, and it's anything you could possibly make it. And, uh, and that's something that I have to really promote to people moving forward is understanding what a unique opportunity it is to spend four years of your life playing Division One hockey, and you're doing it in the most unique, beautiful city in college hockey. So uh, I kind of I think that that's kind of something that gets uh, you know, not not well represented, and it's too the focus is too much on maybe the building you're playing in or whatever it may be, but the life experience that we can offer a kid. Uh, I mean, we're basically going to be a, a pro team where we fly to every single game. Right. You know, you're traveling 40, 50 days a year. Uh, and within today's modern world with online school, I don't, it's not going to be nearly the issue that it used to be when you're on the road that much is you're able right. to complete classes and, and, and uh, you're not getting dirty looks from uni- university <laughs> teachers that you're gone for a, th- oh, a three a three week road trip. You're like, yeah, I'll be back like end of November. Yeah, coach, like, listen, it's, it's October. Listen, I, so. I I used to get those dirty looks from from my my colleagues when I would try to pull a kid out of a class an hour early, R- right? At the end of the day, you know, yeah. coach the high school stuff that I've done. So I can't even imagine the dirty looks you must. Yeah, Coach, let me tell you, I get the dirty looks from Paul because I've been on the road for five weeks myself. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I get plenty of those. But, okay, so uh, so I want to ask you about this. Uh, obviously, the, the pandemic year uh, changed things in the world, but in college hockey as well. That extra year created a little bit of a overload of talent. And uh, oh, yeah. how hard have you looked at the portal? And uh, is that something that you're going to be able to use to your advantage, or are you more interested in bringing in those junior guys that are ready to play? No, no yeah, that's that's going to be the magic jigsaw puzzle. Is uh, kind of we're gonna we're gonna need to be patient. Uh, I could go crazy now and say I got 18 scholarships. Who wants one? And fill up a team of a bunch of 20 year olds. But but from what I've heard and the conversations I've heard, like you mentioned across college hockey, is patience is going to be my best friend because. It is going to pretend, has the potential to turn into kind of an NHL expansion where you got teams that have 35 man rosters and you got 12 kids, 13 kids every night in the crowd watching hockey. Um, and they're going to have to make some really tough decisions uh, with kids, whether or not to bring back those fifth year seniors. And that means that's, you know, other kids that aren't uh, going to be able to receive the money that they previously got. And so we're going to be sitting there with open arms and, kind of trying to piece together a team as the best we can, whether, and, and try and have a, have balanced classes. 
you know, maybe you're going to offer a goalie that's been sitting behind a number one, that a kid that's legitimate number one in college hockey, just hasn't really gotten that shot. You know, he, he's going to be getting a full scholarship. Uh, top two defensemen that are maybe been five, six, seven guys, other places that are going to be playing 25, 30 minutes a night for me are going to be full scholarships. And I, re- I have the ability to really put the money where it needs to be. Uh, and especially going after those upperclassmen that are going to be the culture and tradition setters for years to come and be that leadership group in the locker room, um, knowing that that money is going to be coming back, that I can, once the program is established in two or three years from now, uh, is I think the smartest way to invest is to go find those pieces in the portal. Um, you know, and obviously to have a freshman class that is the foundation, the base uh, that can take us forward when those upperclassmen move on uh, is going to be huge to find probably eight to 10 freshmen. Um, I would say, you know, maybe seven guys that are on scholarship and you find three legitimate walk-ons that uh, are 20 year olds that didn't find a place because there just wasn't room across the country, but they want a chance to play college hockey and they want a chance to earn a scholarship as they, as they go along. So that portal is going to be huge right now. Uh, I wake up every single morning and log into the portal to see if uh, Santa's <laughs> brought me any presents. But uh, I, I'm hoping at Christmas time when first semester rolls through that that initial bunch uh, that maybe is looking to move at semester rolls in there. And then at the same time, um, wait till the spring uh, when those schools have to make those big decisions on which guys they're bringing back and which guys they're going to tell to – maybe pursue some other opportunity. And from what I've heard from schools around the country is they are going to push those players to UAA and push those players to Robert Morris. You know, if they're able, if they're back online here, 22, 23 is they want those kids to go play college hockey. And, and, you know, those are kids that they recruited to their programs and it probably kills them to let them go. Uh, But opportunity, uh, one man's loss is another man's uh, treasure here. So it's going to be, it's, it's going to be a key to our success is to find kids that have already been in college that n- understand what it takes, uh, the commitment that it takes in the classroom, and just kind of getting through your day-to-day is going to be big for us versus having 18 cross-eyed freshmen walking around on campus that haven't ever been in a college, you know, been, in, been through that college routine before. So Now, Coach, because the, the portal is something that uh, didn't exist a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, and this is just a procedural question that I don't know the answer to. Um, When are you allowed to actually bring kids on to your campus? Even if they can't play until Mm -hmm. you guys hit the ice in September, uh, when are you allowed to bring somebody that says, I I didn't get to play this year because I got, you know, I lost my, my locker, so to speak. And I want to play next year. What, are you allowed to bring those kids onto campus, say, in I, January when the semester I could. starts? I could, yeah. I had that conversation with um, uh, my athletic department, my fiscal manager who kind of monitors the scholarships. We've set money aside to bring kids in for the spring semester. If a kid that is somewhere that wants to continue their schooling uh, and maybe just work out for the spring, I have the ability to go grab six guys. Uh, bring them in, let them skate on campus, let them uh, get a feel for Anchorage and, and kind of get their uh, feet wet and get continue uh, their progress and what, if they're major, if they're an upperclassman. Uh, so I do have that ability. 
um, you know, obviously it would be, it, they would be, hopefully it's more than one or two guys. So it's not just private lessons on the rink with coach, <laughs> with coach Shazby, but, uh, you know, if it is, that guy's going to be really, really good by next fall. So, well, you'll know his strengths and weaknesses. That's for yeah. sure. Coach, I, I want to ask you uh, something. The final one for me is, uh, Tell us a little bit. I'll, I'll let you make a little recruiting pitch, but make it from the standpoint of what kind of coach you are. What kind of mm-hmm. team do you want to have? What kind of players do you want to recruit? And uh, and let them know um, uh, if they want to play for you, what you expect out of your future players. Sure. You know, for me, it's I've done a lot of time. You know, not really being a part of a of a big program uh, for you know really ever. I've I've, I've really taken a lot of pride in teaching or kind of learning and spending time to uh, pick kind of pick from the best and steal from the best and and really get a feel for what athletes want in their head coach and what kind of environment they want to be walking into every day, what kind of culture they want to be a part of. And, and I'm a guy that spent 12 years in the education world as a teacher. And that's what I'm going to be as a head coach is every day a kid walks in, I have a lesson plan. I'm prepared and I'm going to, execute that lesson plan and prepare these kids. And it's going to be a, a player centered environment where uh, if a kid doesn't know how to do, do something, it's because I haven't taught him yet. And it, it needs to be, uh, if the kid's making a mistake in the game, and isn't me screaming at you, why aren't you doing this? Or what are you doing? Or, you know, something like that. It's, that means I need to be better and I need to teach you next time we're in practice or, or if there's a, a certain system, my team's just not executing or special teams, my team's not executing, that's on me. Uh, and I take that personally. And, and as a teacher, that's going to be the kind of how I approach every single day is, is to provide an environment that's high in learning, uh, that's fun to be a part of, that when kids come in, it's what am I going to learn today? Uh, and they love every minute of it because it's going to be a competitive environment. Uh, it's going to be an environment where kids from day one have to earn their ice time because we don't have anybody currently that is on PP one or on the first penalty kill unit. And uh, it's, it's going to be a, an opportunity for a kid to walk in like no other place in college hockey uh, where uh, traditions aren't set yet. The culture isn't set. And uh, I'm a big believer in allowing players to take ownership and putting ownership in their hands and let them create the kind of the culture that they want. Obviously the coach needs to steer it. Uh, and that's uh, part of my staff's job, but, um, I want the kids to really understand that it's their experience and I'm going to just try and provide for them the best college experience that I can possibly provide. Uh, whether that's uh, how we treat our players in the locker room or it's helping them out uh, in the classroom or on campus, uh, making sure that we're doing things as a team that are as of focused and it's something that these kids are going to remember for the rest of their lives. And I want them to leave after four years appreciating the opportunity they had, uh, loving the relationships that they've made, uh, appreciate the the staff that I've put forth and the efforts that they gave them over their four years and just kind of enjoyed themselves along the way. And, and now they're ready to enter the real world, whether if they continue on to play pro hockey or they enter the professional world, that they're prepared uh, with all the little skills and habits that is going to make a good professional. And, and that's how we're going to be successful as a program is, is is turning out kids that are graduating and going on to be firefighters and teachers and engineers and nurses or whatever else kids want to get into. 
and, and that's going to be at the end of the day, you know, what I hang my hat on is I did a good job teaching the game to the kids. I did a good job being a mentor. Uh, I created a positive, fun environment. Um, and that my players enjoyed coming to the rink every single day. Uh, and, and that's what, that's what my focus is going to be. Um, you know, and, and I don't kind of, what was the back, the back end of your question there? Uh, yeah. You, you hit it right in the head because that was a great recruiting, uh, tool, uh, that you just laid out for us. I, I want to have you do one thing. If you don't mind, we do, yeah. uh, we do a Super 16. My co-host watches more college hockey than oh, human oh, alive. Geez. Okay, so just listen. Uh, okay. He does a Super 16. This is week four. Uh, I'm going to yep. give you the top 16 teams, and then I want you to give you your opinion on, on okay. how my co-host has laid them out. Okay? Oh, and, I love and this it. Is, this is our top 16 for right now. We've got Minnesota State number one, St. Cloud number two, Michigan three, Minnesota Duluth four, North Dakota five, Quinnipiac 6, Denver 7, UMass Lowell 8, Bemidji State 9, Minnesota 10, Western Michigan 11, Omaha 12, UMass 13, Providence 14, Ohio State 15, and uh, Notre Dame 16. Got any problems with that yet? (laughs) I put you on the spot. (laughs) No, I got it here. I got it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... You can let me have it, Coach. That's okay. We like that. That's all right. I'm, I can take it. I'm a big boy. I mean, is, is, it, is it really like Big Ten and NCHC? Are those the only... Is that the package that you have in terms of the games that you watch? Uh, oh, no. He lives no, on no, 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 I have... He gets a I got, lot of I East Coast stuff. <laughs> I get the ECAC. I get so we, uh, Atlantic Hockey. I get uh, so we have Quinnipiac, Lowell. Yeah. And who do you got at nine? Bemidji. Yeah. So Quinnipiac and Lowell are the only two teams. I guess Providence. Uh, well, there's UMass and Providence. And- UMass Providence. Yeah. Yep. Well, UMass UMass is taking as not So you have four out of your sixteen from, that aren't from the Big Ten or the. Oh, the CCHA or NCHC. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Quinnipiac doing what they just did to, uh, you know, Arizona State. Yeah, I think. I know. I was watching. That's kind of a good. <laughs> that's kind of a good spot for them. They're not. You know, I, I mean. Rub it in. I I don't understand how Michigan isn't just the isn't just the the automatic number one every week. I don't even know why. <laughs> why there's home, even coach, why there's even a poll. Home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just don't, you know, I, I love the fact that St. Cloud is still there. After You know, they've they've been there for the last three or four years. You know, they lost as a one seed for a couple of years in a row at the NCAA tournament, and they had some incredible hockey teams, and still, some way, somehow, like, there's not a ton of huge names on that team, but um, that staff, you know, and Shyak's a part of that staff. That staff is just incredible. The fact that they keep St. Cloud in the top five teams. Mankato to me is is kind of the ideal program and the ultimate program that I look up to. Um, the staff there is is I think the best in the country. Uh, with their ability to really have a unique niche in recruiting and getting those older guys in, and then those older guys come in and they're 
incredibly successful, even more successful than they were in junior hockey. Uh, Coach Hastings and Coach Connaught, and, and now uh, they just added Coach Kirkland from, from Yale. Um, the fact that they're back at number one again is just incredible. And, and I, I spent some time, I, I took a tour of the campus this summer, you know, and it's it's a um, pretty minimal campus. It's a two-by-two two block. It's got a cool <laughs> little football field. They have an amazing rink, an amazing locker room, and they just treat their players the right way. And they do a lot of the things that um, I want to be doing with my team and, and treat my players, and then they treat their players how I want to treat mine, and, and they just do it right. And I think that's how it's a little school like Mankato where – the town isn't much, you know, the campus isn't much, but they find hockey players and they turn them into incredible hockey players and they turn out pros. And it helps to have the winningest goalie and the, and the, mo- the goalie with the most shutouts <laughs> in the history of the NCAA. So. Yeah, that well, doesn't hurt, does it? <laughs> no. Well, Coach, isn't, isn't that the beauty of college hockey? Yeah. Where you can have the smaller schools that mm-hmm. really are only Division One at the hockey level um, go up against schools like Michigan and mm-hmm. and and Ohio State, and Notre Dame, and 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 I know that. Uh, by the way, just and I'll I'll throw this in there just for full disclosure. Uh, I'm an ASU alum, so oh, okay, okay, so that that's why I said thank you for bringing up Quinnipiac. Yep. Um, yep. um, but that's the beauty of college hockey, is it not? Mm-hmm. You you have schools of all sizes. That are not just in Division One, but competitive. Right. Yeah, and that's yeah, looking at that list. The you know, and I can consider St. Cloud being one of those smaller schools. You know, they're not the the Big Ten or the you know Bemidji. Like Bemidji being a top ten school is just incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's uh, that's that's a place too that has really kind of grinded it out in the early years of the WCHA and has established themselves and found their recruiting niche of finding those, those kids that one, want to go to Bemidji. Uh, <laughs> Careful. Which, now. I, live, I grew up 45 miles from there. <laughs> which, like, let's compare the two cities, Anchorage and Bemidji. And I can, let's, uh, if you, uh, we should, we should, there should be a new coach. Hey, there's water by Bemidji too. It's Lake coach, Bemidji. Coach. Coach, yeah. let me put it to you this way, and 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 Scott knows this because I, I just, you know, when I was twenty, I would have had no problem being in Anchorage, no yeah. problem, even during the winter. At fifty-seven, no, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. not, yeah, no. <laughs> so, um, yo, that's the, my kids the same way. My kids, a sixteen-year-old and uh, playing hockey, and I get the job here, and he just looks at me, he's like, Dad. Sorry, man. Sorry, man. If Arizona State comes knocking, <laughs> I, I've lived my whole life in Alaska. Hey, and I'll tell you what, coach. There, there are a bunch of guys in Arizona that say the same thing. They're, their kids say, "Hey, I've lived my whole life in yeah, Arizona. It's time to go to Alaska, and and we yep. can't uh, we can't wait." But we appreciate your time. Uh, I know you're a busy uh, busy schedule maker and and roster builder and motivator mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But thanks for spending some time with us tonight. It's been awesome. Um, keep keep me in mind uh, for a credential on that opening night because uh, I think that'd be fun. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. I appreciate you reaching out and um, you know, hopefully once we're up and running here in 22, 23 with, you know, spending that first opening weekend there in CC, it's going to be, 
it's going to be a pretty awesome. magical, magical thing, and hopefully we're uh, we're putting a good product on the ice. Uh, I'll, I'll see you there. I, I already told Chris Mayot that I've coined the uh, phrase for him this year. It's called hashtag Mayot Magic. So look out. He's, uh, he's doing something Uh-oh. special. Uh-oh. <laughs> Don't encourage him. Coach. He's doing Don't something do special, no. oh, and you'll love you'll love that building. It is oh. fantastic. They've done such a great job with it. So yeah, uh, look forward to seeing sweet. you in uh, Colorado Springs in. Uh, in October of 2022. I love it. I love awesome. it. Awesome. I love it, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for the time. Appreciate oh, it. Thanks for coming on, Coach. Absolutely. Sorry. That's the head coach from the University of Alaska, Anchorage, Matt Chasby, with us. Uh, Paul and I will be right back in about two minutes to wrap up another episode of College Hockey Southwest Live. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with Summer Skates. Officially licensed Summer Skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your Summer Skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates. You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. All right, still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? If you live in the valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burrito served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. All right, welcome back in, NCAA hockey fans. Indeed, it is College Hockey Southwest Live. It's our Sunday night live show, which recaps everything that happens uh, during the weekend in NCAA hockey. Scott Strandy with you in beautiful Denver, Colorado tonight. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein out on Long Island, New York. Uh, Paul, you know the drill as uh, as well you should by now. Um, your thoughts on what you heard from Coach uh, Shazby? Oh, man, I wish we had more time. Uh, we're all kinds of good stuff. I mean, you know, uh, very exciting, uh, really into it. You can you can feel 
the passion. You can feel the the pride. Like this is my team. This is my hometown. This is my this is this is you know we talk about um, you know putting the best foot forward and and you know the guys. I hate to give him a nickname because you'll probably ruin it, but that's because that's what you do. Um, <laughs> for you know, I mean, he is Anchorage, right? I mean, um, you could just hear it in his voice. He's like, you know, this is the only sweater I've ever wanted to put on. Yeah. Well, I mean, that... other than you know, an NHL sweater, but yeah, yeah, that's he a was fact. drafted by the Montreal oh, yeah. Canadiens. Yep. So. Um... Uh, I'll tell you the the thing that I picked up on again, and uh, I beat a dead horse with this one because I've seen Always. a lot of college hockey now. But um, he's a teacher, okay? He he's uh, just like uh, Rico Blasi, and I'm not taking away from anybody else because their teams are different. But the names that jump out to me right away is he's very similar to what Rico Blasi is doing at St. Thomas. He's very similar to what Chris Mayotte's doing at Colorado College, and I like the fact that he said if my players screw up or they do something. It's not on them. It's, it's that I didn't teach them, and I will go back and teach them because that's what's lost to me, I think, in a lot of college programs. The coaches just assume that these guys are going to do uh, what, they're, what they're told, and, and maybe some of them just uh, don't fully understand or, you know, kids are different now. I mean, when, when, when we were kids, Paul, when I was at the University of Minnesota Duluth, I mean, uh, it was a bark, bark, bark from the coaches, and, and that's how you learned it, right? Um, Kids today don't learn that way. Uh, so you can't just bark at them all the time and think that they're not going to uh, – uh, or that they are going to understand what you're saying. No, you have to kind of find that middle ground because there has to be some barking. Well, yeah, but I mean – There has to be some, but in general – But you have to understand your team and your kids, yes. and, and you have to teach when teaching yes. is necessary in, instead of just going like, okay, well, you screwed up, so you're sitting. It doesn't, it's, that doesn't work with every kid. No, and sometimes it's not about the physical stuff either. So it's uh, no, uh, no, it's definitely you know, not. Just ask David Carl. <laughs> well, listen, I, I, you know, even if I go by my own experiences, all right, it's it, it was a di- it's a different sport that that I've you know I've coached. You know, we know that I've coached tons of different things, and I had one athlete at, at uh, um, who never understood or at least had trouble understanding. I told him, listen, because it was an individual sport. I said, if you start off hot, the other team's done. Because they'll just look at you and be like, well, we have no way of beating this guy. So, and, and sometimes that's hard to get across in those types of, that type of mindset or something in, in the mindset. It's hard to get across because it's not with what, what, what people are used to. Because it's not just the physical things that a coach has to work on. Yeah, absolutely. And we know that coaches' responsibilities go way beyond the ice uh, in this day and age in NCAA hockey. But uh, we appreciate having uh, Coach Shaz be on and and discussing his program. We're excited to have them back and a part of college hockey as uh, we just need to continue to bring programs, solidify programs. And, and, uh, you know, I think his excitement about the, the future uh, for NCAA hockey in the West is uh, is going to be recognized down well, the road. Great. It's going to be realized. I love that. That was 
Oh, that, yeah, there's good stuff. Speaking speaking of good stuff, Chris, plug your ears if you want because it's uh, it's about U of A. But there is a huge announcement coming on the third of December in Ooh. in Tucson, and uh, it is is not only program changing, it's community changing. It, it's gonna it, it's gonna grow hockey in the Southwest like never before. Uh, trust me on that one. Um, it's a community, a city, if you will, that's needed. Ice sheets. So that's uh, my that's my tease. That's my tease. I don't know. It's, what that's what it's about. needed. So we'll see what happens. Um, uh, stay tuned. December third. Okay. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be there. It's 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 massive. It's massive. It's gonna really change college hockey, um, and uh, at the ACHA level, and who knows where it may lead from there. But congratulations to everybody in Tucson for the hard work that they're doing because where? it's uh yeah it's uh. It's a place that really has suffered. If you, if you know uh, Coach Berman and what he's been up against for years, um, you know what? Just pat him on the back when you hear this announcement and go, job well done, Coach. You've done fantastic. So stay tuned. I will be there for the announcement, and uh, we will bring you all the uh, the insights as soon as we can. All right, take it away, my friend. From the Summer Skate Studios, Behind the Masks, College Hockey Southwest Live on the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network has been brought to you by Burrito Express, homemade taste, takeout speed. Six East Valley locations. Go to burritoexpress.com to find the one near you. Behind the Mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three Valley locations or behindthemask.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. The best in barbecue Las Vegas style and now available at our new spot at all the Legion Stadium events. For the NCHC and NCHC.TV, subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Boost Mobile, bring your current phone to any location and learn how to get a new SIM card free when you switch to Boost Mobile. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey, fabulous Las Vegas atmosphere. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Worldwide, it's where the action is, in the resort or in town. College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by Behind the Mask, and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and are available for download at iTunes, the Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Behind the Masks, College Hockey Southwest Live, and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. And as I watch Kansas City at Las Vegas and NFL football in front of me, um, I will tell you that Panda, the Panda, Robin Leonard, went to his first uh, Las Vegas Raiders game tonight, and uh, our friends at Jesse Ray's Barbecue said, hey, uh, make a stop by uh, our booth behind section 340, I believe, at Allegiant right. Stadium. So, yeah, cool. All oh, kinds well, of good listen, stuff going on. Listen, All kinds um, of good stuff. Yeah, love Robin Lena. Love him. Um, and you won't find very many, very many Islander fans who don't uh, just because as long as you're going to throw that stuff uh, out there, I'm going to throw it I'll out throw- there myself. I'll throw one more quick thing out here. Uh, Jack Eichel's surgery, from everything that I'm told, went very, very well. About an hour and 45 right. minutes right here just outside of Denver. And um, he is on the mend already. So that is a, a good thing for people in Vegas and a good thing for people that love hockey because he is one special talent. 
Good player. Really, okay. really good player. Absolutely is. We'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro, and stay tuned for College Hockey Southwest Weekly on Tuesday night with Paul and myself, and we'll be talking more hockey with another great guest. Good night, everybody. Good night.